I'm beginning a series today called Life Swap. Now, wouldn't life be wonderful if you could spend it at the beach? Except I've been to the beach and you take sand home with you. And, and here's what we found is, is that we found that no matter where we are in life, there's always something we would like to have that's a little different. So over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about this process of life swap. And, and so I want you to take your Bibles today and go to the eighth book of the Bible, uh, which is the book of Ruth. And as you're doing that, let me greet our campuses today. I'm glad you're with us. We're excited about what's happening in each and every location of Love and Truth Church. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries. And I believe that you've already experienced something today from God Almighty, but we are believing that as we go into the Word of the Lord, that your life is going to be touched, you're going to be encouraged and strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's get ready to hear what God has for us today. Now we're talking about this aspect of life swap, in other words, making things different in our life. How many of you have ever wanted something in your life to be different? All right, let, let me just share this with you. When our daughter, who now is 29, I think she'll be 29 for the next 20 years, but uh, when she was about two years old one day, her mom took her to the store. I don't know if it was a grocery store or Walmart or wherever, Target, somewhere. And, um, and she would, you know how you put your child in the car or in the stroller, I mean the, the push buggy, whatever it is. You know what I'm talking about, that thing you get, all right? And, and so she put her in the place. And how many of you know two-year-olds don't stay in place long, Right. And so Sherry would put her back, and she'd climb over, and she was doing all of this. And, and it, this went on for an extended period of time. And, and finally, Sherry just took her and just, you know how you can do, right, when you got a two-year-old. She took her, and she just set her down, and she said, stay there. And, and Ashley, at the top of her lungs, lifting her hands in a dramatic fashion as she still can do, she goes, I want a new mommy. Have you ever felt like I want a new whatever, right? And, and so the, the Word of God talks to us about this whole aspect of, of change and transition and, and things that are different. So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk on this subject of life swap. Now today, I'm going to talk about, this is the subject for today, and I want to talk about it's an inside job. All right, uh, it, it's from the inside that life is really going to change and that things are going to come about. Now, the book of Ruth is an interesting book. Let me just share a little bit of the historical background of this book that we're going to talk about. The, the Word of God lets us know uh, that a man and his wife had left a place called Bethlehem, which, which is called the place of bread. And because that there was difficulty, uh, they had gone to a far country. That country's name was Moab. It, it, was not, it was not a part of the Israel nation, Israelite nation. And they had gone there because they thought that things were going to be better there. Now, let me give you some real great insight. Are you ready? Are you ready for, for something really good? Wherever you go, there you are. See, we, we've got a whole lot of people who are always trying to run and, and hide, and they think, if I get over here, things will be, if I get over there. And so they leave Bethlehem, and they go to a place called Moab because they think it's going to be better. They had two sons, uh, and the name, I won't get into all that. The first five verses tells you all this. Uh, but the names of the son, one, one name means the sickly one, and the other one means the pining one. I mean, can you imagine, hey, sickly and piney, come here. This is their kids. And the Scripture tells us that after they're there for a few years, that, that the husband dies and the sickly one dies and the, the pining one dies. Everybody's dying, all right? 
And, and so that, that's kind of the setup for this story. But when you read those four chapters, it's a short book. When you read those four chapters, you see how that this woman, her name is Ruth, how she determines to totally swap her life, to totally change, but it began on the inside of her. Now, I want to tell you, anybody who has ever experienced difficulty wants things to be different right? If you're having difficulty in your marriage or on your job or maybe with your finances or, or maybe there's an addiction in your life or, or possibly you're going through a dry time spiritually, you want things to be changed. You want things to be different. The problem is, is that so many of us think that it's something outside of us that needs to change. We say, well, if they would just change, if he was just different, if she was just better, if my boss understood me, whatever the issue, we, we are always looking out there. But here's what I found through the years. I can't change anybody but myself. See, that was worth it for some of you. You've been trying for years to change him, her, whatever. And, and you just need to come to the point of realizing you can't change anybody but yourself. Now, now here's the deal. All of us deal with, with what I call our inside thoughts. It's, it's those things, it's those ideas, uh, it's what's called our paradigms, uh, which is how we look at the world and how we view reality, and that really determines how our lives are lived. Now, here's what's interesting to me, is that people who, who see life through a negative prism of life have great difficulty. And they can always tell you what the latest and greatest and worst thing was that happened to them. But they can all, they've always got whatever their drama is last week, this week it's bigger. Right? But if you look at people who have a positive outlook, I've watched people who've gone through great difficulty. I've watched people uh, in our churches go through, uh, maybe they've gone through great sickness or great loss in their life or, or they've experienced, you know, a downturn in the economy and, and all the things that happen. And I've watched some of them who just have a positive attitude. Who, who just day in and day out, they're, they're living life. And yeah, there are some difficulties, there are some problems, but you know what they've decided? That greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. They've decided that they are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved them and gave himself for them. And so they just live with that kind of perspective. And so I, I want to encourage you today. Let me tell you, it's an inside job. It's what's inside of you that's going to determine what happens around you and outside of you. I can't always be looking to somebody else or to some other situation or to something else to get me out of the difficulty that I am in. I've got to come to that place of saying, you know what, I want change in my life. Now let me ask you a question today. How many of you in one of these three areas, in your spirit part of your being, in your soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, or in your body, you say, you know what, I'd like to have a life swap. I'd like for some things to be a little different. Come on, hold your hand up. If that's not 100%, somebody's dead. <laughs> right? That's the only people that we can't swap anything with. They, and they wouldn't know it if we did, so we're not going there. All right? So today, I want us to look. We're going to start in the sixth verse and kind of work our way through this uh, passage in, in this first chapter of the book of Ruth. 
And, and I want to show you five things today that you've got to do. It's, it's an inside job, remember, and if you want to have a life swap, uh, you've got to do some things. And, and that's what's interesting is so many people want Jesus to do everything, and yet Jesus has given us the ability to change so many things. Would you look in the sixth verse? It says, then she arose. This is speaking of the mother-in-law, Naomi. Then Naomi arose with her daughter-in-laws that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people. In other words, that place where they had come from had visited his people by giving them bread. Now, let me give you the first thing that you've got to have for your life to begin to swap, for your life to begin to change. First of all is that you have got to hear that things can change. Now, see, that you say, well, Pastor, that's real simple. Well, it may be simple, but there's a lot of people missing that. There's a lot of people who just say, well, this is the way it's supposed to be. My life has always been like this. This is the way things have always been. No, listen, you can have a better life. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your heritage or your ethnicity. I want to tell you, there is a God who desires for you to have life and it more abundantly. But, but you've got to believe that. You've got to hear that. You've got to say, you know what? I heard that God wanted me to live a fuller life. Now, now that's, that's really needful for people to know. There's a lot of people who think God's just mad at them. Right? And I can understand that. I, I've gone to church sometimes. Seems like I go to church every day, but... But I've gone to church sometimes, and when I left, I, I knew God was mad at me because the guy told me he was. I, I mean, you know, every song they sang was something about how God's going to kill me, and, and, you know, I was going to go to hell and would not pass go and would not collect $200. I mean, it was, you know, it was one of those. And I, and I left there going, wow, really? That's, that's the gospel? You know, the word gospel means good news. Now, I want to help you. Yes, there is a hell, but there's also a heaven. And, and the same God who created hell created heaven, and his desire is not for anybody to go to hell. So what we've got to do is we've got to hear. Uh, the Old Testament tells us that the Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans for success, and plans for a future. That's what God has for our life. But you've got to hear it. She had to hear, Naomi had to hear that there was good bread, good news, good things happening back in her homeland. And when she heard that, she said, you know what, things are going to be different. Now, the whole book of Ruth is about a single widowed young woman. I mean, can you imagine in that day and age, uh, it, I mean, to, to go through widowhood at that young of an age would have had to have been a, a horrible thing. And yet this whole story is about how this woman overcame all the obstacles, all the problems, and all the difficulties of life so that she could literally wind up in the lineage of Jesus Christ because of her willingness to allow her life to swap around and to become everything that God wanted it to be. So number one is you've got to hear that things can change. Number two, would you look in verse number seven? It says, therefore she went out, this again, speaking of the mother-in-law, she went out from the place where she was and her two daughter-in-laws with her and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. Here's the second thing you've got to do. How many of you know that hearing is not enough? 
The Bible says it this way. The Bible says that we don't need to just be hearers of the word. We need to be doers of the word. So the second thing, if you want your life to swap, and again, understand, it all happens inside here. It all happens inside of you, is that number two is you have to begin the journey. You, you, you've got to begin the journey. Now, I know that the journey may take you a long way, but you've got to begin it today. It's interesting to me how many people, whether it's in their marriage or in their life or in their finances, allow everything to fall apart and then they want somebody to wave a magic wand and say abracadabra or maybe if we want to be real spiritual in Jesus name right I mean that's what we want we, we want to walk into the pastor's office we want to walk into the counselor's office we want to walk into the lawyer we want to walk wherever it is and we want them to just say whatever your persuasion is at that moment if you're being real religious in the name of Jesus and everything be fixed and yet, what I found is, is that you didn't get in the mess you're in that quick. It took you years to dig down that far. And so if you want to get out and begin to see what God has for you, you've got to begin the journey. You know, it's interesting how many people talk to me about their future plans. I have people come to me all the time and say, Pastor, you know, I'd, I'd like to do this, or I'd like to have that, or I'd like to achieve this. And I've had people come to me, uh, you know, maybe somebody in their 40s come to me, and they say, you know what, I'd like to go back to college, and I'd like to get my Ph.D. And I go, okay, how long is that going to take you? Oh, Pastor, it'll take me four years. Okay, well, how old are you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm 46. You know, I'll be 50 years old when I get that done. I go, yeah, that's right. I said, let me ask you a question. If you don't do it in four years, how old are you going to be? I've got deep theology. I'll wait. Well, pastor, I'll be 50. Exactly. Whether you do it or you don't do it, in four years from now, you are going to be the same age. So why don't we make up our minds that, you know what, it may take me a year. It may take me five years. It may take me ten years. But let me begin the journey that God has called me to. Let me not sit around. Listen, in the Old Testament, the Word of God tells us about a guy whose name is Caleb. Caleb is sent over with 11 other guys to spy out the land that the Israelites are supposed to go take. And the Bible says this. It says 10 of those spies came back with an evil report. 10 of them came back and said, the land is too much, the giants in the land, there's all these things and we can't take it. But there were two guys, their names were Joshua and Caleb, and they were in their 40, they were at 40 years of age, and both of them came back and they said, we are well able to take the land. But the people listened to the majority. How many of you know the majority rules, but that usually rules wrong? I won't get into politics, let's move, all right? And, and so the, the, the whole process there is that for 40 years, everybody's wandering in the desert. Everybody's dying off except these two guys. And at 80 years of age, when they finally get into the promised land, the Bible says that Caleb comes to Joshua and says, let me remind you of something. When we were here 40 years ago, you told me that that mountain could be mine. And he said, I know it's been delayed for 40 years, but I am here now. I'm 80 years old, but I am still well able to take my mountain. Now, I want to tell you, that's somebody who's not afraid of the journey. Some of you need to quit making excuses. Well, I don't have enough education. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. Listen, as long as there's breath in your body, you got time. 
You may not can run as fast as you used to, but you can still shuffle. I mean, whatever it is that's happening in your life, you've got to say, wait a minute, I refuse just to roll over and play dead with the rest of my life. I believe that God has something for me, and so therefore I am going to step forward. I am going to begin the journey. You know, the Chinese proverb is, is that the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. So some of you just need today, if you don't do anything else outside of what I'm talking about today, if you would just take that first step and begin the journey, your life a year from now, five years from now, 15 years from now would be totally different because something began to happen on the inside of you and you began to do what God called you to do and you're going to look up and whether spiritually or emotionally or physically, whatever it is, there's literally going to be a life swap that happens inside of you. Would you look in verse 8 and 9? Let's, let's continue. Verse 8 and 9 says, And Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead. Now she's speaking of her sons and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. What she's saying is, listen, I want you to go. I want you to find some guy. I want you to marry him. And so she goes on, verse 9. So she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. Now, the, the first part of that verse 8 where she says, go and return each to her mother's house. L let me help you. When you begin to move forward in your life, when you begin to determine what God has called you to do, let me just tell you this. It's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be easy. Here's the third thing that happens, and you have to understand this, is that when you begin to do what you are supposed to do, temptation will come. Temptation will come on. Come on, you know it. How many of you, don't raise your hand, just think, just, just nod. Give me a good, you know, nod here. Uh, how many of you have ever started uh, a workout regimen? Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. Yes. Right? Or you're going to get up and you're going to run. I'm going to get up tomorrow morning. I'm going to run five miles. And you get about halfway around the block and you're like the big bad wolf. You're huffing and puffing and about to blow the house down. I mean, and you know, and you, you, you persevere through maybe the first day and, and, and the second day that clock goes off and you start rebuking the devil and everything else. Right? Why? Because you said, man, and, and, you know, and maybe you get yourself out in that third day, especially if you, you know, do any kind of weight training or whatever, that third day. Some of you have been there. All the pain. You, you can't even lift your arm, you know, to brush your teeth. I mean, it, it, it's, and, and at that point, you just go, you know what? If God had wanted me skinny, he'd have speeded up my metabolism. I, I, it's, <laughs> right? It's, it's just that whole thing. I, I just have a slow metabolism, so that, that must be what God wants me to be. He just wants me to be overweight. And, and you know, I, I want to tell you, whatever, whatever happens in, in your spiritual walk with God, you make a decision. You know what? I'm going to begin to read the Bible daily. I'm going to begin to pray daily. I'm going to set aside a time uh, to spend with the Lord or, or with your family. I'm going to make family time priority. I'm not going to work, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I'm going to start, start spending time with my children or my wife or my husband. You start making I guarantee you, some way, somehow, something is going to come along to tempt you from fulfilling what you've decided you wanted to do. And, and what's interesting here about this story is, is that Naomi thinks that she's doing them a favor. See, you have people in your life who see you beginning to make transitions, beginning to make changes, especially when you get saved and your life is different, and they come to you and say, listen, let me talk to you. It's okay to be saved, but don't be a fanatic. 
it's okay, you, you, you know, you can love Jesus, but you don't have to go to church all the time. You, you, you don't have to show up every time, you know, you're just being a little, come on. And, and they think they're doing you good. Naomi says, why don't you all stay here, stay with what you're familiar with. The, the name Ruth means beautiful one. So evidently Ruth was, was a very attractive woman. And, and could have had probably any man in Moab she wanted. And, and Naomi is seeing that saying, listen, I want you to stay because you're going to find a husband. She thinks she's doing good. But the real thing that's happening here is that temptation is coming along trying to steal her very destiny. I want to tell some of you something today. There is something coming along in your life, wherever you are, whether you're just watching me today or listening to me here, there is something coming along in your life that is trying to steal your destiny. And it may look like your best friend. It may look like somebody who's the closest to you. And yet what you have to do is you have to determine, is this really somebody who understands what God has planned for my life, or is this somebody who does not know what I need to be doing? So you got to be careful because temptation is going to come. Look in verse 14, if you would. Verse 14, we jump down a little bit. says, Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, and that's not Oprah, and Orpah, I just wanted to clear that up, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth grabbed a hold of her and hung on. Now, now let me give you the fourth thing that you've got to have on this inside job business is that you've got to understand emotion is not enough. Let me say that again. Emotion is not enough. Let me, let me explain it this way, and some of you are way too religious to even act like you know what I'm talking about, so just go ahead and put your religious face on right now. Ready? Okay. But some of you, you'll get this. H have you ever been around somebody the day after they had one of those commode-hugging drunks? Now, I know I'm being crude, but, but some, I, again, I, I act religious. I act like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> holy, holy, holy. I understand. I understand. Just pretend that you might know somebody who did. After they've had one of those commode-hugging drunks, I want to promise you the next morning, after they've you know, been up all night, I'm not going to go too, too in-depth there, I, I guarantee you they are promising that they're never going to do it again. I'm not, I promise you, baby, I'm never going to get drunk again. But next weekend, the emotion has changed. And they have forgotten the pain and the suffering of last Saturday night. And it's another Friday night and they're ready to party. See, too many people live from emotion to emotion. Too many people serve God because of emotion. And as long as everything is going fine in their life, they'll live for God. But as soon as they hit a bump in the road, as soon as there's trouble, I mean, I've had people who tell me, you know, I just don't know why God let this happen to me. You know, if God really loved me, I'd never have any suffering. I'd never have any heartache. I'd never go through anything. I'm mad at God. And I just want to look, I just, uh, can I just tell you what I really want to do? I just want to smack him. Now, I'm just telling my faults this morning. I just want to look at him and go, really? The Savior who came and died on the cross, have you died yet? 
and, and you want to complain because you're having a little bit of problem, and you, you well, I don't know why God's let me down. L let me just help you. I'm, I'm on metal here for a minute. God has never let you down. You may not have got everything you wanted, but God did not let you down. So, so here we go. Get over your pity party and go ahead and put on your big boy pants. I started to say your big girl panties, but I didn't. But I didn't say it. And let's decide, you know what? It's not about my emotions that I'm living for God. I am living for God because He has saved me, He has redeemed me, and He has sent His Son to die for me. One weeps and goes back. One grabs a hold and says, I'm not going anywhere. I'm hanging on. Let me give you the last part, verse, the fifth one, verse 15, 16, 17, that whole area there. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. The Lord so do to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. And when Naomi saw how determined Ruth was, she stopped speaking to her. Now here's the fifth thing. The fifth thing is you've got to count the cost. If you really want to have things different in your life, if you want your future to be different, I can promise you it's going to cost you something. Anything in life that's worth having costs us something. For you to have salvation costs heaven its best. For you to live the life that you want, it will cost you something. Now, that, that whole setting there has been used in weddings, and it's really not a wedding thing, but it's okay to use it in weddings. But, but that whole deal is that Ruth makes a declaration. She says, listen, I want to tell you something. I'm not going to turn back. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go with you. Wherever you sleep, that's where I'm hanging. Whoever your people are, they're going to become my people, and your God is going to become my God. And wherever you die, they're going to bury me there as well. Now, I want to tell you, that's a pretty strong declaration. See, you, you've got to come to the place where you count the cost. I, I think that for years, here's, here's my personal opinion of this. I think for years, Ruth has watched this Jewish family. Now, Ruth is a Moabite. She serves Moloch, who's, who's the god of, of they, they would burn babies to. They, they, would, they would do all kind of horrible rituals to the god of Moloch. And, and the Word of God says that, that in that whole process that even Solomon years later got involved with the God of Moloch and, and all these things. And yet the, the Scripture tells us that, that Naomi, has, has even though she has left her old life, there's something about her religion that has attracted Ruth. And I think for years Ruth has watched because Ruth doesn't just talk about where you sleep, I'm going to sleep. Where you stay, I'm going to. She says, I want to tell you something. Your God is going to become my God. She said, I'm changing my whole perspective. I'm changing everything about my life. 
and I'm, I'm going to go with you. In fact, she, she made a declaration. She said, Here, here's how strong this declaration is. She said, I'm making a vow to you that if I don't do this, God strike me dead is what she says. Now, I want to tell you, some of you need to make a declaration. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible, Bible says that there's power of life and death in the tongue. The Word of God says that your tongue is like the rudder of a ship. And however that rudder turns, it, it directs the whole ship. And there are a lot of you who have a lot of great ideas, but you've never made that public. You've never spoken that. You've never made that vow and said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. Joshua one time made a statement. He said, as for me and my house, I don't know what the rest of you are going to do, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. See, some of us need to come to that place today of saying, you know what? I don't know what's happening here, what's happening there, but I want my life to be different. I don't want to continue in the place that I have been. I want a life swap. I want a life change. And I'm not waiting for somebody else to do it. I understand it's an inside job. And that when I make up my mind, I need to speak it. I need to say it. And as I do, some of you, some of you today, some of you watching, some of you here today, you need to make some declaration to some people. Now, please don't get the negative people in your life. You know, don't get the disgruntled, fearful people. But some of you need to get some people who believe in you, who you believe in, and just tell them, you know what, for my family, here's what I'm going to do. For my business, for my walk with God, I'm making some decisions today. And, and begin to speak that out and say, you know what, I'm making this as a vow before God. You say, Pastor, that's really strong. I know. But if you see what happens in her life in the next three weeks, in the next three chapters, I promise you it's worth it. If you were to ask her in chapter 4, was chapter 1 worth it? I promise you, she would say without a doubt, the decisions I have made, the vows that I have given, are in no way can they compare to the blessings and the benefits that have come into my life.